the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome in to Rob Black and Your Money, where we talk money. We talk a little politics as it deals with money. little culture as it deals with money. Personal finance, which is funded by money. So we talk a lot of money is ultimately how it comes down. This is your show. At some point in time, I will be replaced by a monkey who can hit symbols. So make it your show. Drop me an email if you have comments, commentary, thoughts. Rob at robblack.com. I prefer you call the show. I know I don't always sound loving and warm. I know that I go off on crazy long monologues, but I prefer calls. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get calls on the air. One thing we could talk about that, again... It doesn't necessarily instantly make sense, but I'll make it make sense. Let me just tease a skosh of it right here, and then I'll get to it in a second. What's up with you people taking pictures of food and putting them on Facebook? That I do not understand. So, Wall Street has had a glorious month of January. I wish it didn't stop. Don't stop believing but at last, we end the month of January. Up 5.5%. If we hold gains today. Unless things fall to heck in a handbasket, if you know what I'm saying. I know you're saying, I don't know what you're saying. What are you saying? Take a look at some of the stories. Equity market has the Fed feeding it. The Fed Open Market Committee, which is a group of our nation's bankers, Kept the trough full with a directive that basically said economic activity is weak and it isn't what it should be and we won't be withdrawing our accommodation anytime soon. Okay, so we saw kind of like that uh, economic indicator, GDP, gross domestic product, dip into negativity. Negative growth year over year. In large part because of defense spending. A lot of spending in our economy was pushed, pulled into the third quarter. And I'll tell you why. And I know you're going to say, man, you are jaded. A lot of our defense spending was pulled into the third quarter as a way for President Obama to get the military to like him. Hey, look, if we're buying new stuff, if we're getting bonuses, if, you know, things are going well, I want the same thing. I want the same president. Again, that's me being jaded, but then there was a big drop-off in the fourth quarter. You tell me. Actually, the market retreated following yesterday the directive of the Fed Reserve. 
The response had some semblance of being a sell the news reaction. Buy on rumor, sell on news. We saw that again yesterday with Facebook, or as I like to refer to it, Facebutt, because I spend way too much time on it. Uh, Americans spend way too much time on it. Where the stock rallied 50% since November, and then pulled back after earnings. Buy on the rumor, sell on the news. So yesterday, a little bit of profit taking, normal and healthy. Market set for a period of consolidation following the strong start of the year. To that end, it doesn't escape our eyes, your eyes, that the best performing sector year to date was the biggest loser yesterday. So, understand there's a little bit of profit taking. Reports yesterday that Israel attacked a Syrian truck convoy believed to be carrying chemical weapons also provided a wake up call that the world is not a perfect place to live. And that oil is something we're always going to keep an eye on. There are reports out today that Syria and Iran are threatening to retaliate for the Israeli airstrike. Oil prices are lower following that headline, so it doesn't really necessarily convince the traders. Qualcomm, Facebook, Pulte, Bemis, MasterCard, and Ryder, they all topped earnings expectations. ConocoPhillips, Aetna, Dow Chemical, Hershey, and Ups. Oh, CPS. There's some of the notable companies that missed. Continuing claims spiked up to 368,000. The lower readings of the prior two weeks were primarily the result of seasonal adjustment programs. So, you know, we've been bound in that 350, 400,000 level for most of the year. Tomorrow we get unemployment numbers. First Friday of the month. And, uh, you know, we're going to be paying attention. Personal income receipts surged. Money was not spent. Spending increased just two-tenths of a percent, so personal spending jumped as incomes went up. A lot of people sold assets into 2012. It's worked its way back in the stock market based on strong bid stocks. You know, those are the basic stories of the day. Um, some other things that we have to talk about for sure is let's go back to that concept of what's up with you people taking pictures of your food. Um, and if I were Yelp, if I were Open Table, I'd be really worried about it. So there's a San Francisco Cheesecake Factory where, so far, you know, 564 po- photos have been posted. People are taking, like, tons of pictures of food. On Instagram, there's almost 5,000 pictures of that same Cheesecake Factory location. So there's something called food spotting. And the reason I think... Yahoo, I'm sorry, Yelp and OpenTable should be in trouble, will be in trouble, is that Facebook has people. And people that they have have eyeballs and friends. And I can go look you up and look at your friends and go, okay. If I'm looking for a a restaurant recommendation, one thing I don't like about Yelp is that I don't know who wrote it. You know, if it's a hillbilly from uh, Iowa... Or if it's a, a refined palette from San Francisco. But when you have your Facebook friends telling you, Mmm, this is delicious. Look what I just had. It's the best steak I've ever had in my life. That's pretty powerful. So I'm not saying at any point in time do I expect Facebook to get into the restaurant reviews and restaurant reservations. But they, they are in advertising. And I could see it. I could see it turn 
in one minute. That's the power of, of the web, is how quickly you can update ideas and how fast you can change uh, business models. Oh, it's, uh, it's almost Friday, right? You feeling it? I'm feeling it. I gotta say, I'm kind of excited to take you know Sunday off and just you know, decompress. TriPoint Homes, a Bay Area company, uh, ring the opening bell today. They're the newest IPO of the market. What's interesting to note about them is they're a home builder, and home builders are sexy right now. I sent out a newsletter yesterday, which you can go find at my Facebook page or yeah, my Facebook page group page. I hate Rob Black. Or my fan page, Cron4, Rob Black. And I mentioned a play on the home builders. Now, this is a play on the home builders. It is a home builder. But in the newsletter I sent out yesterday, I tied one particular stock to the home builders that I particularly like at these valuations. Facebook's lower today. Blackberry's lower. Blackberry, again, one of the stories of it ran up 100%. Buy on the rumor. Sell on the news. It happens again and again and again. Dunkin' Donuts. Are you kidding me? What a quarter for Dunkin' Donuts. We'll talk about that and more on today's show, Rob Black and Your Money. Don't forget, i got a seminar coming up this weekend. Very few people have signed up. Shame on you, Walnut Creek. Shame on the East Bay. So, hint, hint, I might not be back at the East Bay anytime soon. Uh, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning Seminar, Saturday, February 2nd, 9 to noon, Embassy Suites, Walnut Creek. That's in the morning and the afternoon, Monday 101, all things financial, from 1 to 4, Embassy Suites, Walnut Creek. And again, in the East Bay, sign up today at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. AM 1220, KDOW, train at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about, including relationships. Including Dan Marino. He fathered a secret love child, and he's paid millions of dollars to keep it quiet. Can you imagine? Such a personal and issue. But can you imagine paying someone millions of dollars to be hush-hush? I mean, that's kind of ludicrous. I don't know. SP 500 down 7. The NASDAQ is up 7. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 9. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you today? Excellent. Let's talk a little, uh, we do wealth preservation retirement planning seminars. You can find out more about one coming up shortly at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. One of the things you have to worry about in retirement is asset allocation. There's a phrase that I use that asset allocation is more important than timing the market. And people, you know, continually want to time the market. But asset allocation in retirement falls in your court. Yeah, asset allocation, but it's also asset location. So the different asset classes that are out there, which types of accounts do you hold them in between your, your cash accounts, your taxable accounts, your IRA, your Roth? Um, where do you hold them? I mean, the first thing that you've got to look at is, is uh, an overall strategy that you need in retirement, which is how are you going to draw and where, what accounts are you going to draw from first? A lot of people make the mistakes of drawing from just their cash first and then holding off on their IRAs, and then they find themselves at age 70 and a half in a really high tax bracket. So 
um, you take the approach that, as I've talked about on your show many times, you need three years of portfolio draws in cash, right? That's typically in your taxable account. You then need at least about 20% of your portfolio in, in most retirees' cases, if they're kind of the general retired person scenario. You want about 20% of your portfolio in dividend-paying stocks, but they are stocks that have a history of increasing their dividend on an annual basis, so you have constant income regardless of what the share price is doing and an income that increases even when the markets are down. Um, then you need about 20 to 30% of your portfolio in what you try to do is it's really good, and a lot of financial advisors, a lot of publications agree that you should try to get about 20 to 30% of your retired, retiree income needs, Rob, from a form of guaranteed lifetime income. For example, Social Security is a form of guaranteed lifetime income. A pension you can't outlive is a form of guaranteed lifetime income. Well, people can also do this on their own and create that with um, certain products out there, and I hate Loaded variable annuities. Why? But there are so because the fees are so high. Okay. They, they have these guarantees, but the internal fees are like three and a half percent. You you buy them, you can't get out of them for seven to ten years. Somebody gets a like huge commission involved, and they don't help you manage it. There are some no load versions of this where you can be in a balanced portfolio, and no matter what the market does, you'll get five to six percent income for life. It's not a principal guarantee; it's a lifetime guaranteed income. And you need that longevity guarantee in your life. So what if you do outlive that 86 number that is the average age of death now? So you want to get 20 to 30% of that. So what I typically do is have about 20% of a portfolio in a, a, a no-load product. So because if, if bonds ever go to a point where they're attractive again, I might get out of those products. I might not recommend them anymore. But right now they're an okay bond alternative. Um, and then the rest of the portfolio is a very conservative um, ETF no-load fund portfolio that you'd want to have. And so in your taxable accounts, you would want more of the large-cap, mid-cap, and tax-free bonds. And then in your retirement accounts, that's where you would have more of the, the, the types of dividend-paying stuff that don't qualify for that 15% dividend, dividend tax. Um, so some you know things like national limit partnerships and oil and gas deals, um, other stocks that don't qualify for that, 15% dividend tax. So you need that overall kind of pieces of your overall portfolio. You need the cash that you're going to draw from. You need the pieces of your portfolio that are going to feed it. But also pay attention to where you hold the asset classes. If it's an income-producing vehicle and you don't need the income yet, hold it in either an IRA or a Roth. If it's more of a long-term hold in a growth asset, that's, that's going to be in your taxable accounts. Okay, so asset allocation, critically important in retirement, different than when you're younger. Um, You've got to know your tax brackets. You do. And it's really important to know your marginal bracket. That's what, what's the next dollar that I receive? What's it going to be taxed at? So when you retire, things are changing. You no longer have a paycheck. So the first thing you do is you look at your overall situation and say, before I draw from anything, what are, what's my automatic tax bracket going to be? I'm going to have my Social Security income. I'm going to have dividends and interest from my stock and bond portfolio and my taxable accounts. And the first place you look to draw is actually your IRA. A lot of people hold off for as long as they can. But a married couple filing jointly can have about 70000 of income from IRAs and Social Security and pension, plus an amount of income equal to their itemized deductions, and still be at a 15% bracket, which, you know, right now, at this point in time when we're talking, is the same as the capital gains rate. Right. It could be lower going forward, depending on what happens to our tax code. So It's you, kind of complicated in retirement. You know, it, it is, it's complicated on the initial setup, but once you get a detailed income plan going – then it kind of gets automated. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. Good stuff to know. You can learn more about this kind of topic and more 
coming to a Wealth Preservation Retirement Seminar. Uh, something Chad and I do together. It's great to meet people, put faces and names together, and it all starts to kind of click for people. You can learn more about upcoming seminars at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. You can find more about Chad Burton. He's a certified financial planner with New Focus Financial at chadburton.com. That's B-U-R-T-O-N or newfocusfinancial.com. So personal income surged in December, crushing expectations. Initial jobless claims jumped to 368,000, which is an okay number. It looks shocking, but it's not. Chicago PMI explodes higher on largest employment gain since 2002. That's nice to see. We're going to have a good back half of 2013. First half of 2013 is going to be fraught with some, you know, some bumpiness, quite honestly, tied towards the fiscal cliff, tied towards we spent, good golly, something like $300 billion in the fourth quarter only to get economic GDP growth that was, you know, contracting. Economists spent most of the day downplaying any concerns, saying the number was grossly distorted, but we spent, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars on stimulus. Our government, you know, our deficit of $1.2 trillion, it, it, we're spending tons of money, and that's all we're getting. That's not a good bang for our buck. Anyone who believes that government spending is wise spending is inane. Uh, the year-over-year change in real GDP was 1.5%. There has never been a time since measurement commenced in 1948 when the annual pace of real GDP has fallen that low without the economy ultimately slipping into recession. So some people think we are going to go into a recession. Don't forget, i got a seminar coming up this weekend, basically 48 hours from now. Rob Black and your money is going to be traveling to the Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning Seminar. is coming to Walnut Creek Embassy Suites from 9 a.m. to noon. Uh, everything you need to know about retirement, everything you need to know about wealth preservation in retirement, asset allocation, economic outlook. I'm going to go over dividend stocks. Uh, it's a good three-hour event. And then in the afternoon, it's Money 101, all things financial event. That's really for beginning investors, people who are accumulating wealth, people who are trying to figure out a couple things that they just can't quite figure out monetarily. You can sign up for either or at robblack.com today. Talk show host Bill Wattenberg, NPC, registered broker dealer, member FINRA SIPC. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Enjoy the Super Bowl this weekend. It may be the last Super Bowl you ever see. Well, that's nice to know. I know you're saying, how could this be the last Super Bowl I ever see? You're talking crazy, Rob. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. I don't think I'm talking crazy. Because let me tell you. Um... Something bad has happened in the NFL, and that's tied towards players' heads. They're getting hit hard. And what I mean by that is pretty simple. That can't continue. The player this week said something, and again, I'm taking this out of context. He basically said that the NFL could have a lot better medical lot better medical uh, rooms inside the stadiums. 
They should be a little bit more up to date. They should be a little bit more, you know, cutting edge. And I started thinking about that for a second, and, you know, I was like, okay, that's an interesting comment, right? We'll give them that. Um, I don't necessarily believe it, but okay. Like, I've never been in a, I have been in a a dressing room, uh, a locker room. But the NFL is going to be under siege, and I'm going to tell you why. Because it appears, again, it's a huge business, right? Anytime something has such a huge business, people will sue you. And right now, that's the exact thing that's happening. Lawyers are suing the National Football League on behalf of more than 4,000 former players and their wives who are accusing the $9.5 billion a year businesses covering up life-altering brain injuries. Back in the 1990s, there was a FinFin diet drug litigation, which culminated in a $6 billion settlement. Now, that's interesting, right? $6 billion, FinFin. How many Americans died from taking FinFin? The concussion cases, and if you've ever seen an ex-NFL player, it's, it's tragic. Some of them can barely walk. Um, their brain functionality... Junior Seau, you know, he wasn't himself when he ultimately killed himself. 110 million Americans are going to sit down on the couch this weekend. And we're going to enjoy. And we hope for the best. But 4,000 former players and their wives are saying the NFL's covering up brain injuries. You know, certainly we're hearing more and more about this. If you ever watch a game, it's, it's incredibly violent. It's, it's and again, I, we are gladiators. You know, we live in a gladiator nation. You know, some people compare it to mayhem and, and homicide. In college football one year, 18 campus players died from head injuries. You know, protective equipment is improving. Um, Back in the 1990s, the NFL set up something called the Mild Traumatic Brain Injury Committee. After Dallas Cowboys quarterback Roger Staubach retired, he had 20 concussions. Ron Jaworski counted 30 concussions. So... Seeing Junior Seau laying on the ground after a concussion, after a brutal hit, and knowing where he ends, it's, it's sad. Loss of consciousness, confusion, blurred vision, nausea. One player said that he hit someone once so hard that his vision turned orange. So, I don't think the NFL goes away. But I think the NFL has something very, very much so like tobacco on their hands. And I do think that there's not necessarily a cover-up, but it's a business. I think the players are getting smarter about it. I think the coaches are getting smarter about it. The league started a program in 2007 that grants former players with brain ailments $88,000 a year if they require institutionalization. It's something to watch. And again, enjoy the game. I'm not telling you don't. And in no way, shape, or form am I a big fan of, of you know, mass lawsuits like this. Uh, but preliminary legal papers are being filed. 
the NFL has asked the U.S. District Judge to um, dismiss the consolidated civil action. But anytime you get 4,000 plus people, if you get a big number on that settlement, it's going to be pretty hardcore. So in the 2011 collective bargaining agreement, the players union set aside, they got the NFL to set aside $100 million over 10 years to support research. And part of it is, like, the players get to donate their brains. The NFL moved kickoffs up five yards to try to stop that, you know, uh, running 60 yards and throwing your body at somebody weapon. So if you were to do a $5 billion settlement, the owners can handle that. Paid out over 25 years to cover players' needs as they raise. Such a settlement would work out to about $200 million a year. Divide that 32 ways, and each team would face a hit of about $6 million a year. That would be a penalty for sure. Then you start getting into the partners like Fox and CBS and ESPN. You know, they won't face an immediate revenue drop. People enjoy this way too much. Um, I said this on air not too long ago, you know. I can't imagine, and, and players said this this week, I can't imagine letting my kid play football. It's that violent of a sport. A player for the Ravens said this week that he wouldn't let his, he prefers his kid not play football. And he said, I play football so you don't have to. Okay, I know you're saying that was your worst segment ever. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I agree to that. I, I'll take that. Um, let's see how Apple's doing. Apple had a very, very dramatic last week. I sent out a newsletter, which you can sign up for at robblack.com, robblack.com. And uh, I talked about 425 being a bottom on the stock, technical bottom. If it breaks through that, good luck. You know, the stock hasn't done anything in the last 12 months now that, you know, it's gone from about 400 to 450, which isn't bad. But you get the idea that it had huge gains. Now it's way oversold. Uh, the next big event for Apple is March when the board of directors meets. After that, it's June, when you might start seeing some new product. Macworld's going on right now, and you might get some some play out of Mac TV or out of an Apple TV. Uh, maybe an upgrade to the interface. Maybe you know more hints about what's coming later this year. But uh, maybe not as well. So anyway, you get the whole idea. So uh, a lot of companies are starting to take. You know, a little bit away from Apple here, a little bit away from Apple there. And I think that's worthy of note. Um, I like Apple. I own shares of Apple. I'm not stressed. And again, never own a stock that's going to stress you. Never. Never own a mutual fund that's going to stress you. When you become a landlord, I need you to become a profitable landlord if you ever want to buy rental property. It kills me how many people end up losing money. And I saw people lose their house because and they stopped funding their retirement. Because ultimately what they did was uh, they started to get a little bit too much into upside-downness. And what I mean by that is they would get a mortgage for $2,000 and they'd only be able to rent the place for 1600 That's where a, a resource... Um, is needed to find out what rents are in that area or that market before you buy. You have to be cash flow positive. 
Now, I'd prefer you buy all of your rental properties with cash. I would prefer them to be paid off because then you can see your real rate of return. Um, a lot of people, for instance, I know a person who's got a million-dollar house, and they're only pulling about $20,000 a year of income out of it. And you do the numbers, and that's 2% returns. And when you hear that, and then you learn that you know the million dollars in dollars is depreciating every year based on inflation, they're really losing money. Your money has to get your money has to get more than four percent if you're going to be able to keep up with inflation over time. Because inflation averages two to four percent. In my opinion, investing is a great way to get to retirement. But you have to make it a habit. You have to set goals. You have to avoid stupid risk. You have to keep time on your side. And you have to diversify. So when you make it a habit, you don't suddenly have $17,000 in cash laying around. And it's done nothing for 20 years. You can't have safe. Over time, you have to have exposure. You can't be in cash for 40 years. Since 1926, the stocks of large companies have produced an average annual return of more than 10%. That includes the Great Depression. That includes Black Monday. It includes the stock slide that followed September 11. At 10% with $5,000 to start, you'll reach $250,000 if you contribute $279 a month. With an 11% return, you get to, you know $235. You'd have a quarter of a million. So $235 a month, we could all do that. $50 a month we could do. And if you can't, then you need to look at your life and say, where am I going? These are some of the things I'll be talking about at the Money 101 event in Walnut Creek and Missy Suites. You can sign up for that event Saturday 1 to 4, Saturday 1 to 4 at robblack.com. Parking's free. It's $8 valet, but we're covering that. There's also a preservation retirement planning in the morning in the suites. Sign up at robblack.com. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Uh, we think there's going to be opportunities. On AM 1220 KDOW. And iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Hi. Good morning. It's a Super Bowl distraction week. I am in the category that it should be a national holiday. In large part, it kind of already is. The amount of money that Americans spend is ridiculous. The average American will spend $68 to enjoy the Super Bowl. Now, again, that covers a lot of things. And I, it, it's good for the economy. I'm not going to lie to you. It's good for the economy. And I like that part of it for sure. Uh, with that said, I'm cautious that you know people sometimes overspend when they shouldn't, but that's reality. That comes with the turf, right? To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. Must be a stinky Super Bowl in large part because Super Bowl tickets are going for $2,800. I know you're saying, that's a lot of money. It's not. Last year, tickets were going for 3900 I can't even tell you played last year's Super Bowl. That's how relevant I am. I know you're saying, 
but you're good with stocks, Rob. You're good with stocks. As long as you keep doing that, don't have to know about the Super Bowl, I'll do that for you. Um, I've got a couple places that you can go find me. I do a little television spot every morning on Crown 4. You could uh, find out about that and see it at my Facebook page or my YouTube channel. Facebook page is I Hate Rob Black or Cron 4 Rob Black. And my YouTube channel is Rob Black Show. So hopefully uh, I'm not monstrous looking to you, but I don't know. There's this guy who 12 years, 10 years ago wrote for the Press Democrat. <laughs> he was so funny. I did a TV show in the Bay Area for about eight years, and I took some time off from it. Uh, other priorities, other issues. And he wrote a review of me saying, yeah, Rob Black's real smart, but he's got a face for radio. And I looked him up, and the guy was like a, a bell ringer. Like, he's not a good-looking dude, and he's out of the business because, let's face it, uh, media writers for newspapers are going the way of the dodo bird, unless you're writing about Lindsay Lohan. So defense budget cuts hit businesses. We saw that in the fourth quarter. That's kind of interesting. Not really, right? One thing that I I throw out there is we always try to find something that makes sense to you. Uh, Research Emotion came out with a new phone yesterday. And already the stock sell-off has begun. It happened yesterday. Now, in the weeks before that, it went from 6 up to $18. And now it's gone from 18 down to 12 Now, who's the big winner of the Research in Motion coming out with a new phone? It's Verizon and AT&T. In large part, it's, it's the phone carriers. I'll say that. I, again, sometimes I'm U.S.-centric because I live here. And I'm sorry, I should probably also talk about other international carriers, but I just refuse to because that's not what I do. You know who's a big loser from Research Emotion coming out with a new phone? Apple. You know, Apple used to be able to tell the Verizons and AT&Ts, you will subsidize us $200, $300 for every phone that we sell, in large part because you're only going to charge your customer $200, but we want $500 to $600 for our phones. So the Verizons and AT&Ts can now look at each other and say, you know what? We don't have to pay Apple that outrageous amount of money anymore. Will they continue to? We'll see. But that's one of the losers for sure. Um, Economic data today, all pretty good. All pretty good. Not to the point of like, woohoo, we jump up and down. We don't do that on this show. I'm just not that excitable. It's probably the reason I'll never get a national television show, or maybe I will, maybe I won't. Um, The iPad Pro came out. It cost $70 less than the cheapest MacBook. I like the concept because there's a lot of businesses that use uh, iPads. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. You know... Full-on market risk, market risk on, market risk off. Sometimes that's kind of what we're playing with on Wall Street. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, the NASDAQ, the S&P 500, has had a great January. Some people believe that as January goes, 
so goes the year. And there's some truth to that. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is on track for its best January since 1989. The S&P 500's off to its fastest start since 1997. The early warning signal was devised from a company called it's called the January Barometer. The January Barometer. A guy named Yale Hirsch, who I've met, who I'll put it this way. I felt like I needed a shower after I met him. But he came up with something called the Stock Traders Almanac, and he's a proponent of seasonal trading strategies. He coined the expression January barometer. As the S P five hundred goes in January, so goes the year. In short, enough January typically leads to an up year. While there's no guarantee that it's gonna happen, history's on your side. Since nineteen fifty, sixty two years, January barometer has registered only seven eight errors. Last time gains in January gave way to a significant decline for the year was 2001 in the bear market, when a 3.5% gain for the S&P evaporated, and it ended down 13% for the year. So, yeah, I think uh, financials, I think home builders, I think select tech are cheap. You know, will we get a catalyst that unleashes them into a higher P.E.? It's possible. I just like saying that. It's possible. So today, uh, we got UPS down. We got Qualcomm up. Qualcomm might be a way to play the smartphone markets. We'll talk about that and more. Don't forget, i got a seminar coming up this weekend, Saturday, Super Saturday, in Walnut Creek, Embassy Suites. Whether you're heading towards retirement with wealth accumulation, wealth accumulation is going to be in the afternoon, wealth preservation in the morning, wealth preservation and retirement planning. You can learn more about what I'm babbling about at robblack.com. It's 9 to noon, Wealth Preservation for Wealthy People and Retirees. And from 1 to 4, it's Money 101 for people who are looking to become wealthy. Sign up at robblack.com, robblack.com. The Jewelry Exchange imports their diamond. For Rob Black and your money. Weekday mornings at 7. Him. Black Wednesday. Off the cuff with latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Got a good show planned for you this hour. Lots to talk about. Some pretty good data, all things considered, this morning. Um, as far as data, that w- as long as we continue to focus on the long term, I don't mind looking at the short term. Short term weekly initial claims came in at 368,000. Expectations were for lower, but to be quite honest with you, if you look at the last three to four weeks and just blend them together, these are great numbers. Continuing claims rose to 3.19 million, up from 3.17 million. Continuing claims is a problem. That's Americans that have been unemployed for a long period of time. Keep in mind, every month that you're unemployed, you're not earning income. Some people are probably cheating the system for sure. Um, A lot of nannies cheat the system because they take cash from their employer and say that they're unemployed. Not recommending that. But, yeah, every month you're unemployed, you don't get income. That's devastating. 
That's why financial planners say make sure you have an emergency fund that's typically tied to how long it takes you to get a job. December personal income up 2.6%. Expectations were for up 7 tenths of a percent. Personal income for December was whopping. Personal spending, meh, meh. Not so much. Not impressive. Up 2 tenths of a percent. So we are saving more. Fourth quarter employment costs index up one half of 1%. January challenger job cuts down 24.4%. Companies aren't firing. Now are they hiring? That's a good question. January Chicago PMI, a manufacturing number, positive. So I kind of like what we're seeing. I don't like it a lot, but short term today, the numbers were good. Now they have to be great to get this market moving. Because the market's moved November, December, January. We're having the best January ever. Well, it feels like that, but it's not. But it is. It feels good. Unless you're a Super Bowl ticket. Super Bowl tickets are going for 2800 bucks right now. Last year they went for 3900 So we feel bad for the Super Bowl ticket. Let's take a look at the market numbers. The S&P 500's down 2. Dow's up 11. No, no, the Dow's down 11. And the Nasdaq's up 1. Uno, uno, dos, tres. That's as much um, vacation Spanish that I know. Um, Facebook down a buck. They reported good numbers yesterday, but they're crazy valued. And at thirty dollars a share, it's me. At twenty, hey. Research in Motion down a buck. That stock's down large. It was at eighteen bucks a couple days ago. Buy on the rumor, sell on the news for both of them. They both ran up in the weeks heading up to their big announcement. Facebook with their earnings, Research in Motion with their new phone. So that's out there. Things to consider, things to look at. Oh, let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. I did not see him there. How are you, CFP Chad Burton? Doing well. You're sounding loud and clear up here in Marin today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so you're in Marin today. What are you doing in Marin? Well, um, the estate planning attorney that you and I both refer to and use, Michelle Lerman, is doing a couple of estate planning events, uh, one at 10 and one at 6.30 tonight at the Aqua Hotel. So if anybody's around in Mill Valley and, and wants to find out more about how estate planning has drastically changed with this new tax deal in December, it's a good event to go to. And plus, she kind of set it up whenever she sees those trust mill seminars. Are you familiar with that term, Rob? I, I, I am. Yeah, so whenever she sees I operate those, a, I operate a puppy mill. Therefore, <laughs> I know what a trust mill is. They're about Go. as good as a puppy mill. Tell us what uh, a trust mill is. Well, trust mills are these seminars where people go to them, and really, literally by the end of the event, you either end up with a tr- living trust document or you end up with a meeting um, where the person gives you a trust, but they also present annuities or life insurance at the same time. And it's really kind of a hidden way to give you a crappy trust document and some crappy product right on top of it. And those are technical terms. Um, so people end up with trusts that are written poorly, um, products that are horrible. And really, it's so important when you do a living trust that the trust actually gets funded with you know title, titles to it deeds to your homes and rental properties change. Your taxable accounts become owned by your trust, which is, you know, it's a tax. It's not a taxable event. It's just a way to actually get things done the right way, and there's a process to it in several meetings. So you can't go to these trust mill 
events and actually get good documents. Um, so whenever she sees those, especially in her area, uh, she'll do an actual real event to counteract these horrible trust bills. Um, so, you know, people are out there. The state planning has changed a lot. Um, people, most people probably have documents that are almost too complicated. Um, things actually got a little easier, Rob, in, in December when they passed that bill. Gotcha. And you, you were talking, too, earlier about, um, you know, because people think about estate planning and they think, oh, I'm not really wealthy. I don't need to do any estate planning. But you were talking about those football injuries. Yeah. Um, and kind of a lot of them being hidden, which uh, I've also seen stories on that as well. And think about that because if you're a person and uh, maybe you do some aggressive sports, anything from, you know, snowboarding to mountain biking, you've got kids and something happens to you. One of the most important things to have is a durable power of attorney. So if you're incapacitated or disabled for a short period of time, your spouse or another loved one can step in and actually handle your affairs. Because let's say you you get injured and you're disabled and you've got all your money in a retirement plan and your spouse tries to put food on the table and, and draw from some of your accounts, she's going to have to go to court and get appointed guardian. You're talking ten to $15,000 in fees in order to be able to put food on the table. So very important to have those documents in place. An estate plan and trust, it's it's really, really important, but no one likes to do it because it's like if I get disabled or if I die, which are two areas people steer clear of. They don't want to think that way, and yet I think that way every day. Yeah, I, assume, I, I do too, especially with the, the things in life that I enjoy doing. And it's such a more likely event that you're going to get, you know, become disabled early than die early. But yet yep. everybody will go out and buy life insurance because it's, it's dramatic and it's a large lump sum of money. And they don't get the disability insurance because it's a monthly outflow and you just never really see any kind of a statement with a value on it. You know what I mean? It's like you're dumping money in a black hole. But, um, for instance, I know a nurse that had to get ankle surgery and had to go on, you know, basically leave and, um, you know, is, is not prepared for it because of lack of long-term disability insurance. So... An example of this weekend, I won't drive on Sunday. Just too many drunk drivers out there, and I could become disabled. So I, I just won't even drive. Yeah. It, yeah it's odd know, for me to say, but it's true. No, it's, in fact, it's funny you said that because in being invited to a couple different Super Bowl parties, two were about 20 minutes from the house. One was a walk around the corner, and we chose to walk around the corner because of that very, very reason. I don't want to drive around with three kids in the car on Super Bowl Sunday in any way, shape, or form. So real quick, we got 30 seconds. Uh, do you want to plug the event you're doing today or this weekend? Well, yeah. See, um, people are interested in learning about how estate tax law has changed. And 15 seconds. From, you know, go to LermanLaw.com to look at that event, and we can talk about our event later on. Okay, thanks very much. CFP Chad Burton. LermanLaw.com for the week of the events today. And then there's events on Saturday as well at RobBlack.com. Rob Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. AM 12 Edition.
You're listening to me, Rob Black, little Matt and Kim, which I like. It's one of those alternative college bands that uh, I find catchy. It's almost a bad, it's almost like a eating junk food. It's almost like a bag of potato chips to me. So I feel guilty. It's a guilty pleasure. That's what I'm trying to say. Learn to speak English with Rob Black. It's a guilty pleasure. What do you want to talk about today? There's so many ways to look at stories. Let me give you an example. Dan Marino fathered a secret love child, and he's paid millions of dollars to keep quiet. That's a big story today. Um, Again, telling you that Stuff like this happens. In hindsight, I bet he wishes he would have just come clean a long time ago. In hindsight, I bet he wishes he'd never done it. Because that moment is fleeting. Grand Theft Auto 5 delayed. Stock falls 10%. Company's called Take Two Interactive. Let's pull up the numbers on this one. And I bet if you were to take a look at the history of Take-Two Interactive and the releases of Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto 4, Grand Theft Auto 3, you'll see spikes as it's coming, getting ready to come out. So that stock's down. It seems to have a pretty good bottom, somewhere between 6 and 10 It's $12. So I've got something in front of me called Stocks That I Watch. And if it can get hit a little bit more, I'd look at it as a trading stock, maybe come summer. Because kids are maniacal. Kids are insane. They want to play this. Adults want to play this. Men, child men. That's the people that I call that uh, people under the age of 35 that have to play video games. More important than dating. Child men, right? So take two interactives in the news today. Delaying the launch of Grand Theft Auto V. Now, hopefully they get it right and it sells like pancakes or hotcakes. Or it sells like pancakes at a pancake breakfast where everyone wants them. So maybe that'll happen. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. So um, other stories in the news. I won't quite buy Take Two Interactive now, but again, I would look at it as trade. Which brings up a thought, a concept, an idea that some stocks are meant to be traded and not invested in. And again, I don't want you to do that. I think that's a tough way to make money. Ford sees a five-fold surge in U.S. hybrid sales on way to record. Ford's one of those companies that I look at. I know that they have pension costs, issues. Other than that, I find them pretty, pretty darn attractive. Now, the stock had a big run from December, where it was an $11 stock, all the way into you know, mid-January, was a $15 stock almost, $14.30. So as it pulls back, I'll become more interested. So it gapped up and had a big run. Anytime a stock has a big run, you've now learned it will give back. People will take profits. People don't fall in love with ticker symbols. Although if I were, I might fall in love with Ford, ticker symbol F. Dividend yield of about 2.9%. So somewhere around 10 to 12, it becomes very interesting to me. Maybe 11. 
Can it hit it? I don't know. But if I'm risky, I might pick it up today. If I'm trying to be more conservative, I might wait for more of a pullback. January was a very, very good month. Right? So some other stories in the news and how I analyze this, this stuff. Um, Super Bowl tickets going for $2,800. Sad Super Bowl ticket. Last year's ticket was $3,900. I can't imagine spending $2,800 for one event. I think people that do that have, have issues. It's fine if you're a millionaire. It's fine if you've got money to waste and you've funded your whole retirement. Go do it. This whole once-in-a-lifetime thing is overrated. If you've ever been to a football game, it's not quite as... It's all about the tailgating. Uh, if you're in good seats, it's great. But if you're in bad seats, it's a game that's much better on television. Yes, 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 you don't get the crowd experience. You want the crowd experience? Walk to a local watering hole. I know you're saying, watering hole? Bar, bar. Demand for plastic surgery for noses like Kate Middleton's have tripled. I stop and I think about that. Okay, real quick. $2,800 for a Super Bowl ticket. Let me do the math here. Let's say you're 25 years old, right? By the time you're um, 60, that'd be about $50,000. So that's how one little chunk of change could end up doing really well. Now, demand for plastic surgery for noses that rhinoplasty looks like Kate Middleton's. Demand is tripled. Now, I bring this up because women clearly have issues (laughs) that men will prey upon. Image issues. Okay, okay. Now, you might have been born with a nose. It's more of a honker. You might have been born with, like, I understand maybe some really graphic scenarios. I think that's a winner. I think more people should improve their looks. Because I think looks have been proven statistically to get you a better career. I know you're saying, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's sad, but true. Again, smarts help, but smarts and a good look. Mm. And Kate Middleton does have a perfect nose, and I only know that because I'm strange. She's got a nice round bulbous bulb on the end, which is supposedly nice. So demand for plastic surgery, up. And the only way I can make that a story to you is go lose some weight. Get on the treadmill this weekend. Mm, Watch the Super Bowl, then get on the treadmill. And you heard me and CFP Chad Burton just talking a couple minutes ago. We won't drive on Sunday. We'd rather walk on Sunday because the fear of a drunk driver hitting us and disabling us, that's what people in money think about. Consumer spending in the United States rose in December's, December as income surged. This is important. Why? Because the fiscal cliff had people going, I wonder what that's going to do to me. I can tell you what, my paycheck looks a lot skinnier. As more taxes are taken out now. Blackberry's 10 debut fizzles. That stock was at $18 yesterday, teaching us once again the important lesson of buy on the rumor, sell on the news. Can you imagine a scenario where Blackberry doesn't run out of money? I can't. Get your calls in the air. It's easy. It's 800-516-1220. Come to the seminars this weekend or today. Go to LermanLaw.com to figure out today's. Or go to RobBlack.com to figure out Walnut Creek's. San Rafael, or Walnut Creek's events on Saturday. 
Wealth Preservation in the morning, Money 101 in the afternoon, in San Ruf- in Walnut Creek. What am I talking about? Broadblack.com. AM 1220, KDO. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Expect the unexpected is what I've always learned to be true about Wall Street. When we knew that we had a fiscal cliff, when we knew Congress was dysfunctional, when we knew Europe was going off a cliff, when we knew Asia was slowing down, the markets were rallying. It wasn't as bad as we, what we knew. S&P 500 is down 2, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 16, the NASDAQ is up fractions this morning. Long overview, BlackBerry makes an arrival, and research and motion investors are hoping that it works out well. Will it? I don't know. They're not even the top five as far as phones go at this point in time. Stocks rallied 100%. I see a lot of risk in that. With that said, they've got some intellectual property that's important and worthy of note. Too much of a civil war for me. Nobody wins in the civil war. Brother versus brother, right? Okay, maybe not so much brother versus brother. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton will be hosting the Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning Seminar at the Embassy Suites this Saturday, this Saturday from 9 to noon. How are you, Mr. Burton? I am good. You pulled me away from the BlackBerry release that I'm just so excited about. Are you watching it? I was, yeah. Yeah. What, what are they? What are, I know that they got a Q version uh, with a keyboard. Uh, what are you seeing as far as the the show goes? Well, really, all that I've seen, all that I heard before the CEO started speaking was that uh, it's a very iPhone-like looking, iPhone five-like looking, but it's got a removable battery. That's about as far as I got. Okay. So, are you so interested in it? Got this kind of built-in, you know, base of purchasers of this phone, but how they grow from there, I, I don't know. They have a formerly built-in. A lot of those people have switched to Apple in the last few years, as far as the enterprise goes, but there is some out there. So there's, I just don't see the profits. I just don't see the big money. So too competitive of an area. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, I mean, I mean the biggest one is who's going to win in the emerging markets, and will, I, will Apple come out with a phone that's going to compete well there? There you go. So uh, what do you have for me as far as today's content goes, Mr. Burton? Uh, well, just to go over some of the um, how retirement planning might have changed a bit under the recent fiscal tax deal. Okay. So I'm getting this question a lot. I had a lot of clients that um, really thought that they were going to be affected even after the deal was passed. They just sit down and kind of go over the items that, that are going to get taxed at higher levels not a lot of retirees are because really what happens is where your taxes go up, there's two places um, in terms of capital gains. There's there's one level at 250000 married filing jointly where if you have a modified adjusted gross income that is over 250000 your investment income gets hit with an extra 3.8% Medicare surcharge tax to help pay for Medicare and, and the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare, as many people call it. So that's one level, but your capital gains still don't go up to that 20% bracket unless you're at 450000 married, family, jointly, or 400000 single. 
So people that are making a, a married couple with income before their capital gains, and that's before their capital gains, so that's a lot of you know earned income, $450,000. At those people, they have their capital gains being taxed at the higher 20% level plus that 3.8% tax. So those people went from a 15% capital gains bracket to uh, you know, 23.8%. In addition, their upper, their higher bracket went quite a bit higher as well. So, you know, long story short, rather, it hasn't changed for the average retiree. Um, the, the, you know, wealthier retiree it has, but it's, 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 a lot of people have, when they're wealthy, they have a lot of their income in retirement coming from capital gains, and it's not necessarily the capital gains that'll put you into that higher limit. It's the, it's the adjusted gross income. Um, you can, you got to look up what that definition is, the modified adjusted gross income, but to get an idea of where you are as a person that you're going to get affected in 2013, and just look at that bottom number on the front page, your 1040, and see if you're close to it. Okay. With that said, uh, it wasn't as bad as we expected. And again, we kind of redefined what wealthy is. I saw it as kind of a big win for the Republicans. In large part... GDP has grown enormously since those Clinton-era tax rates, and we're not even close to those Clinton-era tax rates. So as a percentage of GDP, taxes didn't really go up that much. No, they didn't. It's just a matter of, um, you know, we're, we're to, to get on that route, we've got to go back and realize that we're now two deals behind in terms of budget cuts. You've got the sequestration, which is supposed to kick in in what, March, um, that's from the debt ceiling debate of 2000, of August 2011, I believe it was. And so now you have the fiscal cliff, um, and the debt, the, the second debt ceiling is, is a whole other deal. So there, Congress is two deals behind, nor have they passed the budget in four years. So I, I would love to see it, but they just don't get paid until they do pass the budget. I think that would be excellent. Um, because you can't just continue to raise yeah. revenue, which is such a small piece of the overall problem without fixing the spending issues or at least, you know, leveling spending out and having them cut over a longer period of time. But, you know, either way, the people that, that need to make the most changes under this fiscal tax deal are the high income earners and that, that was a win in terms of going from two fifty to five hundred thousand or to four hundred and fifty thousand for, you know, wealthy people. That's the definition now basically. Um, high high income earners really need to review, especially if they have stock options. Right. their stock option strategy and the timing of the income because a lot of people a lot of people will spread their options out over a longer period of time and that could keep them always in this higher bracket in terms of what they're paying on their other capital gains and investment income. So lumping it into certain years might be wise. High income earners really need to review their asset location. So they have asset allocation, but the asset location in terms of where they're holding their dividend paying stocks versus their growth stocks versus their bonds. And even looking at obvious, you know, real high-income earners, these are the people that, you know, they're top percent of the population. They can use other alternative investment products like no-load life insurance and things like that to try to shelter as much of that income from the higher taxes. But the big thing, too, is that if you're going into retirement and you might be hitting these levels, once you're 70 and a half, people are forced to pull money out of their IRAs and 401Ks whether they want to or not. And that adds to that income level. So wealthier people really need to look at if they're hitting those brackets all the time and their IRA distributions are forcing them into it, they should seriously consider a Roth conversion, getting the tax hit out of the way 
so that they don't have to continue to pay those higher capital gains. They can cut their capital gains rates almost in half if they kind of take the pain in one year and then, you know, enjoy lower taxes going forward. Timing of income, as you just mentioned, is important. When you get paid a dividend, you don't get taxed on it until you take it out of that account and, you know, make it part of your income, per se. Well, uh, in a taxable account, even if you don't take it out of the account, you're taxed on that dividend. Right. But if it's a non-taxable, so like you said, location and timing, very important. Things to consider. Yeah. And I've had to go back. I've had certain clients that have, you know, options and stable companies that we kind of trickle, you know, exercise and sell over a certain periods of time, and we're having to accelerate some and put off others, depending on the company and the growth rates of the company and how, how long they want to be and how long. Because remember, options are leveraged. So you've got to look at this company and say, do I want to be leveraged in the long term and be subject to higher taxes, or, or how do I want to do this? So it's really a time to reset with your planners and your CPA. And then um, estate planning has changed quite a bit under the new tax deal as well. What do we need to know about the new estate plans? And real quick, Chad's going to be uh, at the Embassy Suites this Saturday, Walnut Creek, doing a money uh, wealth preservation retirement planning. He'll also speak at the Money 101 event, but the wealth preservation retirement planning is from 9 to noon. More information at robblack.com. Go ahead, Chad. Yeah, well, the biggest thing is, first of all, health care costs for everybody are going to be, uh, in my opinion, going up for retirees. Um, Things like long-term care insurance and Medicare are going to continue to get more and more expensive. But in terms of the estate planning law, we're going to talk about this at the event. We're going to have an estate planning attorney there. But people, when they pass, used to, for the first spouse that died, everybody used to have a unified credit that you can pass when you die. And if the first spouse that died didn't have their credit, which used to be a million, now it's five million two hundred fifty thousand. If that credit didn't go into a trust, a special family trust, the other state, they would lose it. And now there's some portability rules where you don't necessarily have to have what, what are these bypass or credit shelter trusts. In many cases, they might not be good for you. So everyone, whether you're worth, you know, two million bucks, 500,000 or 10 million, 15 million, everybody needs to review their state planning documents. It's extremely important under the new tax laws. You do anything new at these events this time? Um, really talking about asset allocation, some, some of the alternative investment products that are out there, especially in light of, you know, people I think are becoming concerned about bonds, and they're also concerned about, hey, if I've got cash and I've missed out on this huge rally, what do I do now? Because they've been sitting on the sidelines since maybe 2008, and now the market's recovered. And part of the strategy that I talk about is, is hedging your portfolio so that when you do go through tough times, you have five years to recover. And, I mean, we've just proved that that's the case, that nobody thought in 2009 the markets were going to recover, and here we are today sitting right at almost 14000 on the Dow. And I just go with my blind faith of seven out of ten years, the market goes up. So thanks very much. at CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at chadburton.com. Again, this weekend, two events, two events, one on wealth preservation retirement planning. He will run that this Saturday from 9 to noon at the Embassy Suites in Walnut Creek. You can learn more about that at robblack.com. You can sign up for the that event or the Money 101 event from 1 to 4. More information at robblack.com. Rob Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial.
know, that's good for the uh, brand. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Little Arcade Fire. I think it won Album of the Year a couple years ago. Once again, proving that highbrow, frou-frou bands that have limited following are favored in awards. Right here, right now, what we have going on is the SP500 down 3, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 24, the NASDAQ down 1. Student debt is climbing, and the risk is growing. We have more student debt than we have credit card debt in the nation. Americans now owe, on average, $27,253 in student loans. The delinquency rate has increased by more than 47% since 2007. Some 27 million borrowers, or slightly more than 13% of the country, have two or more outstanding student loans. This is troubling. In 2005, the number was 17233 So $27,000 of debt, keep in mind the average job in America pays about $50,000. $27,000 of debt takes a long time to pay down. I love student debt. It typically leads to a better paying job. But in this case, there aren't better paying jobs. It's been tough for students to get out of college and get a job. So if you're going to take on a massive amount of debt, make sure it is in a field where you can go out and get a job. The cost of attending college has been skyrocketing while the recession and scarcity of jobs is really creating a problem. You know, the problem really here is, is that I've got a friend that went to a rave, and she's 30 years old, and I laugh at her. I mean, I really, really laugh at her. Um, went to another city, went to a rave in another city. That's disposable income. And it's stupid disposable income for one night. But that's what 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds are doing. They have disposable income. But when you have $27,253 of student debt, your disposable income is not as great as you may think. So the recession is not the only factor. The Obama administration in 2010 pushed through legislation that made federal government the primary issue of student debt and encouraged borrowing by cutting credit requirements capping interest rates and reducing monthly repayments to 10% of graduates' discretionary income, roughly 15%, from roughly 15%. So this is a recipe for disaster. The Democrats have moved to lift the burden of debt further by forgiving any loan of any amount on which a graduate has paid 10% of his or her discretionary income for 10 years. This creates another scenario of a mortgage bailout type scenario. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Again, we won't have a good answer for you. January was a great month for the stock market. It was a horrible month for Apple. It's the worst month they've had since April, since September 2008. So it's not the worst month they've ever had, but it's the worst month they've had in a while. TriPoint Homes, a home builder, came public today. Constellation Brands is getting slammed today after the Department of Justice Challenge Modelo Bush um, acquisition. So that stock's down 18% today. It was sitting in a 52-week high earlier this morning, and the Department of Justice is suing to block the beer deal, saying it's anti-competitive. 
And that stock uh, basically got down. This could be an interesting buying opportunity. I like companies that have a business model. If a deal doesn't go through, I'm fine with that. If the deal does go through, I'm fine with that. This is a sin company, i.e. they make alcohol. And it'll be interesting to watch in the coming days. Uh, the initial sell-off was down to $28. It's recovered a little bit to $31. So it's down 20%. Now it's down 18%. This is not an earnings story. This is a lawsuit story. Other issues out there today of note. Um, we've got end of the month. And like I said, the SP 500 is up 5%. It's been a pretty good month. If you extrapolate that, you'd say we're going to be up 60% for the year. That's not going to happen. We're going to have good months. We're going to have bad months. UPS was disappointing. I like UPS for a long-term patient investor. I'd prefer a train company for a long-term patient investor. Kansas City Southern comes to mind. ConocoPhillips down 3 bucks today. They uh, slumped after missing earnings expectations. Qualcomm up 3 bucks. They're climbing after, ultimately, they beat expectations. A lot of their guts, their semiconductors that they make, go inside of phones. Rider Systems is up 3.6%. It beat the expectations. So it's a market of winners and a market of losers. Hmm. So Anheuser-Busch is down. Constellation Brands is down. Do I think Anheuser-Busch is going to sell beer on the day I die? Probably. MasterCard's trading higher. What's interesting to note about that, MasterCard and Visa are both great companies, but a lot of people fear of their future. They run transactions. They don't, they're not a bank. They're not a credit card company. They run the credit uh, road that merchants and we consume on. There's a company called Four that does transactions. Uh, your cell phone has the technology now to run transactions. Skirting Visa and MasterCard. Um, will Visa and MasterCard be there? Sure. They will come up with systems to make sure that they don't become totally irrelevant, but will they lose some of the market share to, like if Verizon, who does my cell phone, if I could start paying on my Verizon just swiping my phone, I'd prefer that. You know, it's that's a convenience for me. So will Verizon become a credit card company? Or a credit transaction company? I think they could. Will Apple or Google, who make the device that has the transaction technology in it, could they become? I think they could. So you kind of see where this is going. Anyhow and anyway, i got some events coming up Saturday. Really low attendance. So now we know why I don't come out to the East Bay very often. The East, East, East Bay. Walnut Creek going to be uh, doing an event. You can sign up for it at robblack.com at the Embassy Suites in Walnut Creek. Wealth Preservation, Retirement Planning from 9 to noon. And then Money 101 from 1 to 4. You can sign up at robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.